Hi everyone, good morning and welcome to our podcast this week for St V's. So this is Reverend Nicola here. Um, I'm going to be sharing a reflection today and Brenda's popping in with some readings and our prayers for us. So I hope you all had a really good Easter last week um, and that you've enjoyed this week as much as you can um, in the current circumstances. And this week the readings are, are interesting because they move on obviously from that Easter story And I always find these weeks after a major festival in our faith to be really interesting ones. At Christmas, I love the weeks straight after when you start to hear more about the story and the story unfolds. You have these big stories, of course, that we all know so well of Christmas and Easter and that are known so well in the world. And this sort of big... um, excitement and celebration I suppose of the festival but I I really like the what happens next question that you get um, in the weeks after those times so that's exactly where we are this week we've had that big story but life went on the disciples had their own reactions to what was going on everybody was different as we all are Um, and we get to hear a little bit more about that story over the coming weeks and get to make sense of that story in some way for ourselves as we read um, about how the disciples made sense of that story in their lives. And that, of course, to me, just seems to resonate a lot with the times that we're in, where we've had that initial big shock, the big story, the surprise, everything that's happening, and now life is going on, and the weeks are going on, um, and we're maybe just starting to really reflect on how we're dealing with this time on what's coming next. So I hope those two things will come together for you as we think through these readings today. So we have our usual prayer to begin. Uh, We have the companion sheet, which I will have emailed round to you ahead. And you can also pick up um, on the websites on St Barnabas' website, if you just Google us, you will find that. So let's begin with the gathering prayer. We are the people of God. Risen Lord, as we gather today, may we see you and hear you. May we feel you and touch you. May we know your presence with us now. Amen. So let's begin with our first reading. Our first reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 2. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know, this man handed over to you, According to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. 
you will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. This is the word of the Lord. Our Gospel reading this morning is taken from John's Gospel, and it's John chapter 20, and we're reading verses 19 to 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Say now some words of reflection on that reading. So last week we heard the story of the first person to meet Jesus after his resurrection, his friend Mary. There's so much that I love in that story. Firstly, that Mary mistakes Jesus for the gardener, which I just think is a brilliant touch. And also um, his response to her where he says to her, don't cling on to me, which just brings to mind for me the image of Mary flinging her arms around Jesus and refusing to let him go. Then there's Mary's excitement as she rushes off to tell the disciples what she has seen. And I also love that it was her who first heard this news. The one who had stood at the foot of the cross with Jesus, been with him until the end. 
And then her joy on seeing him is just so infectious. It's the essence of Easter hope. Well, this week we continue the story into the evening of that day with the disciples who are gathered together in a house in Jerusalem. What must they have been feeling that day? They had given up everything to follow Jesus, left homes, livelihoods, family, and it had all ended in this. With them fleeing the scene of Jesus' arrest and finally with disaster and death. All their hopes had been shattered in the space of a few days. And then they had heard Mary's story. Perhaps then they felt those first tentative shoots of hope, like a spring flower pushing its way up through the earth. Could it be? Could her story really be true? Well, they're about to find out for themselves. What happens next puts all doubts out of the minds of those disciples who are present. Jesus appears to them as if he had never gone away. He shows them his wounds. And it's fascinating that Jesus has his wounds in his resurrected body. He bears clearly the signs of what he suffered in his life. It's a part of him. I wonder if in some way that was comforting to the disciples, not simply because it identified Jesus as who he was, but also because it points to the reality that everything we go through becomes a part of us. Our suffering is not simply cast away at the end of our lives, and the suffering of the disciples in those last few days wasn't cast away either. It wasn't forgotten, it was redeemed a sign of all that they had borne and overcome. But of course, one person isn't present that day, Thomas. Thomas, who is bewildered by the reports from the other disciples when they come and tell him what they've seen, and says he refuses to believe unless he sees for himself, and even touches the wounds of Jesus. I think a lot of us have a lot of sympathy for Thomas. It can be so hard to have hope when you have faced such sadness and disappointment. But Thomas's response is in stark contrast to Jesus's own response that we heard in the story that we shared together at the beginning of Lent. In the wilderness, Jesus is tempted to test God, to test if God is really with him. But instead of giving in to this temptation, He responds with a categorical no and the words, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus himself reminds us in his conversation with Thomas of this truth. He says, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. But Jesus also has compassion on Thomas in all of his fear and his doubt and he does give him what he asks for what Thomas needs to believe. The image of Thomas touching the wounds of Jesus is vivid and almost makes me want to recoil when I read it. But again, it shows the willingness of Jesus to do whatever is needed for Thomas to find faith and life. Likewise, I don't think we should ever be afraid to pray the prayer, Lord, increase my faith when we need to. In the Acts reading, we have another example of this in the story of Peter. 
Peter, of course, who ran from Jesus, denied him when Jesus needed him the most. If you read on in the Gospel of John, then you will come to the story of the restoration of Peter. It's such a beautiful story, full of forgiveness and fresh hope for Peter. This was a vital moment for him, the foundation of all he went on to do as a leader in the early church. And it reminds us that Jesus is more than willing to meet us in our failings and our doubts and to restore us to life again. Because bringing life was really what all this was for. We're reminded of this at the end of the passage, that life was the whole purpose of John's Gospel, and indeed of Jesus' life, death and resurrection. That the Gospel was written that you may come to believe, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The purpose of all of this is life. Or as the reading from Acts that we heard puts it, You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. The cross shows the lengths that God will go to to make himself known to us. Jesus' interactions with Thomas reaffirm this. So wherever we are, may we never be afraid to seek God and to ask him for what we need in our faith, knowing that God longs to give us healing restoration and life. So let's have some prayer time together. God of peace, we pray for all the places in the world that need your peace. Places where conflict continues despite this pandemic. We pray for the places where the lack of peace has caused so much destruction Places where people have to flee their homes. We pray for all those who have nowhere to go. Those who have been forgotten. For refugees everywhere. Lord, bring your peace which passes all understanding. God of all, give wisdom to world leaders. To presidents, prime ministers, politicians of all governments that they may strive to make their best way through this pandemic, not putting personal ambitions before the needs of their people. We pray for all we see on the news, where we are bombarded with statistics, numbers of new cases, numbers of deaths, and the latest goals of testing and prevention. Lord, walk with us through all this confusion and bless us with your peace. As the coronavirus seeks to attack our breath, help us to remember that in your word that we share today, as Jesus appeared to the disciples bringing peace, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. When we are afraid, Lord, help us to remember that the breath of God dwells within us. We pray for protection for those countries that are beginning to relax their lockdown rules. Keep them safe, Lord, and we ask in your mercy that you will prevent a resurgence of COVID-19 cases. 
Help us to learn from others and share the knowledge we gain. Lord, bring your peace, which passes all understanding. God of mercy, we pray for those who need peace of mind. Those weighed down by the stresses and strains of everyday life that is so magnified by this lockdown. Those who suffer with anxiety or are oppressed by worry and fear. Those who are in danger of domestic and emotional abuse. We pray for those who find it hard to let go of things and simply trust. Lord, strengthen the new ways that people have found to communicate with one another. Grant that all who need help or a listening ear may find someone who cares and know that they have been sent by you. Lord, bring your peace which passes all understanding. God of compassion, be close to those who are ill, afraid or in isolation. In their loneliness, be their consolation. In their anxiety, be their hope. In their darkness, be their light. Lord, bring your peace, which passes all understanding. God of love, by your son's unexpected, amazing resurrection, you show his followers that suffering and even death are not the end. Be with us through him in our times of doubt and fear. Unite us through him with those we love. And when the darkness has gone, raise us through him to new life, through the same Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. So let's say the prayer that Jesus taught us together. Rejoicing in God's new creation, as our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Brenda, for those prayers. So as I was um, reading through the accompanying material that we get from Roots uh, for this service, they had a, a sort of takeaway at the end, a sort of live your faith action that I thought was quite interesting to end on today. It's interesting because so many of the things that are in that book are obviously based on the idea that we're all out and about, that we're all seeing people um, and living our faith in that way. And obviously now we have a very different challenge and we're being asked to live our faith in a very different way. But the um, challenge that they set was thinking about that idea of, of Jesus coming to Thomas and saying, peace be with you. And they were talking about bringing 
um, thinking of one person really that we might be seeing that week, uh, which obviously only virtually at the moment, but just that one person that we could bring some sort of peace to really, or some sort of greeting of peace. And it did get me thinking that um, in the initial wave of all of this when when it all started I know that I was being contacted a lot by people and we were all checking in on each other and making sure we're all okay Um, but actually now really is the time where I think if people are going to be feeling low or um, really feeling the brunt of this challenge it's going to happen more and more from now isn't it so um, I'm going to take on that challenge I think of thinking of one person that I can I say a kind of virtual peace be with you too that I can be in touch with um, and to encourage and support them in some way so maybe you might have someone in mind that you could reach out to too so let's just end with that thought and with this word of blessing the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his son Jesus Christ our Lord And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.